Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Woolfork, and if you are listening here right now on Facebook or YouTube or any podcast platform, go ahead and hit the like and subscribe button, and if you're on the podcast platform especially, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, yo, I have been really looking forward to having this brother right here on the podcast. Yo, this is going to be a great one because we have Jovan Palmer right here in the bit, well, in his building. (laughs) (laughs) Jovan is from New York City, but now he lives in Atlanta. At 29, he sat in on a therapy session and it shifted his consciousness to seek therapy himself. And then it shifted him to take action. It inspired him to take action. And he got his master's in social work. Now he's a social worker for five years now with aspirations of becoming a licensed therapist. He got over the fear of sharing his story about sexual assault. And now he's coaching people to overcome sexual trauma releasing stress and for uh, also having better relationships and let's not forget that he is the host of the Li- living blessed podcast ladies and gentlemen i bring to you jovan palmer what's up jovan? Uh, what's up charles how you feeling today brother i am feeling so blessed man god is gracious dog hey like congratulations to you and all of your success, man. Like, thank you so much. So, Brad, like everybody has their origin stories, whether it's, you know, Peter Parker getting bit by the spider, or, you know, whether it's Gary V selling lemonade at the lemonade stands. What's your origin story to how you got from where you were to where you are today? Man, well, it's a, it's a, it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's a journey worth taking, I would say. Um, like I said, you did great at the introduction. 29 years old was my first time seeking therapy. But the reason behind that was at 12 years old, I was molested. And it changed my life for, I want to say the good, but for the, for the bad and the good. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time of being molested, it, was, it probably went off about a year or two. Mm-hmm. And it took me from living a life of just trying to find myself to live my life to really, trying to really find myself. And, you know, at 12 years old, you're kind of going into your preteen, your preteen, you're trying to go into your teenage years and you're trying to find yourself as a, just as a young, as a young man. Mm-hmm. And what happened with me was that I was like, I had to do, had to do double the work and finding myself. I had to find myself all over again. I pretty much shut down and I felt like I died inside. I mm. felt like life was over for me. I felt so shameful. I felt guilty. I felt like, why did this have to happen to, happen to me? You know, why me? My cry at night to God was, Yo, why me, God? Why me? I just, for the life, you just couldn't understand why that it had to happen to me. And it took me through a lot of emotions. It took me through a lot of thought. Mm. It took me through a lot of ups and downs and blaming others and blaming of myself and just so much that at 12 years old, you don't know, you're trying to figure out why you're dealing with all of this depression. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff you, like, I don't know what depression was at 12 years old. I just know that I was sad at times. I didn't feel that I was angry at times. I just mm-hmm. that I just felt, I just didn't love myself. I just, like when I look back on my life over those years, those are the things that I can pinpoint that I was depressed. I was sad. I didn't understand who I was. I didn't know what I was. And I've had so many thoughts of my sexuality in question. You know, do I, am I gay? Am I, you know, am I heterosexual, homosexual? What am I? Mm-hmm. And it was just a journey of doing that from 12, 13, 14, all the way up until the age of 29 years old, where I finally sought out therapy and I finally just kind of just got my life together and just figured out who I was and got to the core and the root cause of my trauma, the cause of my pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the most important part was the understanding of me and the loving of me, just that self-love portion of what, what kicked in. And yeah. excuse me, nowadays, you just can't, you can't tell me any different as far as when it comes to loving myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, were you able to tell anybody, you know, in your teenage years or were you able to like, like talk about it at all in any way, shape or form? It wasn't talked about until maybe I was 19, probably about 20 years old. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever opened my mouth about what happened to me as a child. Mm -hmm. So I was carrying that baggage from the age of 12 years old to the age of uh, 19, 20 years old. And um, the first person I told was an ex-girlfriend in college. I don't know how we got in the topic of it and mm-hmm. what we got was on that topic and I told her about it I don't know why what led me to tell her but I told her and then she was just you know felt very remorseful and she was sad and by what happened to me she kind of understood me on, on a deeper level because yeah. on my arm my first tattoo was only God understands because I thought that was the only person on this earth that could understand what I'm going through why I went what I went through and she understood you know why sometimes I was very closed off or why times I, I didn't want to do certain things or why I felt something away when she touched me a certain way 
Mm-hmm. And she um, encouraged me, but also gave me, it was like an ultimatum in a sense. Like she's like, no, I don't know if we can be together if you don't share this with your parents because I believe they need to know what happened to you as a child. Mm. So this is over right before Christmas break. So I'm at home and at the time living in Atlanta still. And I tell my parents exactly what happened and I felt them shut down. And when I felt them shut down, I also shut down because it's like, oh, why did I, why did I, I shouldn't have told them. I should have kept it to myself because right now I just feel like I just kind of like put a big burden on them mm-hmm. right now and it's like okay well what do I do next what's what's the next and there really wasn't a big next with me there was just I told them that was it mm-hmm. my dad talked to me he let me know how much he loved me my mom talked to me he let her know how much he loved me mm-hmm. but that was it there wasn't any like you know how are you dealing with it there wasn't any like you know let's get you some help or do you need any help or anything like that so from the age of 20 to 29 another nine year span for me I'm still carrying this burden because it's, it's still inside of me I'm not fully no one's really helping me get to the core of what happened or helping me understand what happened or helping me understand why these things happen and what you do when these things happen and how to control your emotions or how to control your sexual energy or how to, how to, how do you really go to take all of this that's been bottled up inside for so long yeah. and take it, take that energy for a good use. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier in the intro, my the bio was just, it wasn't until I sat in, I don't know if it was destiny calling me saying, hey, Jovan, at 29, going into 30 years old, this is where your life is going to do a total 180. And I sat in on that therapy session with one of the kids I was working with at the time. Mm-hmm. And hearing them just be able to express their issues and with them being in foster care and living in group homes and, you know, some of them experiencing some of the, the same things that I personally experienced. It was mm-hmm. like, it had, for me, it had to be a God-ordained thing because as I read some of the charts and files for the kids that I've been through, like, yo, these kids experience the same exact things that I experienced at the yeah. same exact age that I experienced that. Yeah. And I'm mind blown. And then the therapist is talking to them and she's helping them through these situations, helping them process, you know, their feelings, their sexuality, helping them process, you know, everything that they felt that they've experienced that they couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this is crazy. This is mm-hmm. mind blowing. I love this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a little piece of this action and I had I don't know what it was I'm a, at the time I was a very timid person didn't like asking too many people for things it's just I'm a type of guy that I just figured out myself mm-hmm. but there was there's, there's these functions that happen inside of me where it just words this the thing that's right for me that I didn't know I desperately need or not desperately need, but the, the thing that I know I need mm-hmm. it, the courage comes out of me to act yeah. and it just works out so beautiful for me and I asked her for, I said, can I have one of these sessions? She was like, sure. And from there, my first session, I was really timid. I was really scared. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to think. I didn't know, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to judge me. She's going to rip me open a new mm-hmm. part. I'm probably going to be in a fetal position crying. I don't know what she's going to help. Pull. I don't know what she's going to pull out. Mm-hmm. So the first session, see, we're sitting down and she goes, well, tell me, you know, what's going on? We already had like a, a we already had a relationship in a sense because mm-hmm. of me working with her with the children that she worked with. Mm-hmm. And um, I told her exactly what was going on and everything that I had happened to me from the age of 12 of being molested, the questioning of my sexuality to me actually exploring my, then also exploring my sexuality, you know, living a homosexual lifestyle for the moment. Mm-hmm. And just all of that brought upon me just so much guilt, shame, mm-hmm. defeat, lack of purpose, and lack of understanding of who I was as a man. Mm-hmm. And it was a simple word that she said to me, a few simple words that she said to me was, when I finished, she was like, well, was, is that it? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's it. She was like, man, you know, you ain't the only person who's experienced that, right? And I'm like, well, to me, it seems like because I haven't heard anybody really talk about this. Right. I haven't heard a lot of men talk about, you know, being molested and, you know, living, you know, questioning their sexuality and actually going to explore their sexuality and everything like that. I just, nothing I've never personally heard of. And mm-hmm. truth be told, to this day, I still don't hear too much about right. it. You know, and it's like trying to really help me process that. And when I got through, like, it was just like a burden lifted off my shoulder. Mm-hmm. But there was still a burden lift. There was still a burden there, a piece of that burden or that rock, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. still there because I felt like I still needed to explain, not explain myself, but share this with some people. So mm-hmm. my homework in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I, I got who can I tell? Who can I tell? And then as I'm thinking of that, she gives me homework. She said, mm-hmm. homework is for you to tell five people that's closest to you what you just explained to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> um, how do I explain this to keep my friends, you know, who know about me or who know what they know of me? And I just so happened to be in a group chat with a, a few of my closest friends at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this seems like the perfect opportunity. So I'm te- grab my phone. I text my friends, you know, hey, X, Y, Z, this is what I've been through. I'm in therapy right now. And my whole assignment is to share something with you all. Mm. What I'm about to share with you all is very deep and personal. And I, you know, I hope that you all receive this well. And I hope that you all can keep this in confidentiality. Mm-hmm. 
I tell them the same as it's pretty much I took all of what I just told you and explained to you and the guest out here mm-hmm. and put it into maybe like a small paragraph to my friends. And I'm sitting there just tap like, you know, looking like this and just shake my head, my hands in my head and then just tap my finger. Like, oh, God, what's going to come next? Am I going to lose some friends? Mm-hmm. Is this the end of our friendship? What What's going on? And mm-hmm. The response was just so beautiful. Mm. They said, oh, man, I love you so much. My nickname is Jovi. So all my friends in college are by Jovi. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, oh, I love you so much, Jovi. I'm so glad that you're in therapy. I'm so glad you're getting help that you need it. Um, I kind of suspected it, but I'm I'm glad that you were able to tell us without us having to ask you about it or question you about it. But I'm I'm just glad that you're okay. And whatever you decide to do with your life, we still love you. And I felt like I've never felt so much love in my life like that before my life yeah i felt like you know this is what love feels like from you know this is what genuine love feels like yeah it's what friendship that you know that 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 people talk about this is that agape love that's that i've been hearing about this is what it feels Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and my friends like i would never in my life lose these people at all you know Mm -hmm. i because they just they were there for me in a moment in my life where i really needed somebody to be there for me to help understand and then i had to go you know i had to face another challenge and tell my best friend uh because typically i tell her everything first because she's like the first person to know everything you Mm -hmm. know and my 30th birthday was coming up and i was like what am i doing for my birthday i don't know and i was was talking about she's like you know talking to my best friend she said oh you should go to vegas i said no why not i went to vegas i think my first time in vegas matter of fact Mm -hmm. and we're sitting down i said you know we're gonna talk right we really need to talk i got to let you tell you she said okay well, what's up? I said, well, we're going to need some drinks for this one. So I'm going to grab you a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that's get right. Go- right. I'm, I'm going to get my go-to a Jack and Coke. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh my gosh, this, this seems heavy. I said, it's quite heavy. And I explained it to her. She cries. And she doesn't cry because I kept it from her. She cried because of the pain that I had to experience throughout right. my whole life. And she just doesn't understand. It just helped her understand me as an individual so much better. And since that day, mm-hmm. our friendship has been has grown so much tighter and so much closer. And, mm-hmm. you know, just fast forwarding, um, I had to tell my parents and that felt like another burden that I had to get off my shoulder. And it was just in telling them, I didn't know how to speak it to them. I thought you already told your parents though. I told them about the molestation. I didn't tell them about the homosexual life. Mm -hmm. And my, my, you know, my feelings of sometimes blaming them for what happened to me. Right. So I'm watching the movie How When They See Us, I think it was by, I think it was When They See Us or How They See Us. And there was a portion in the movie where the mom visits her son in jail and the mom or the son has a reality that mom is just doing the best that she can. And they yeah. cry together. And for some reason, I'm just sitting on the couch boo-hooing at that. Right. I'm like, bitch, right? I'm like, you know, the but it's a silent boo I don't want nobody to hear me crying. Mm-hmm. It's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so um, I'm just weeping on the table and there's something that says, yo, go write your parents a letter. So I write my parents a letter go upstairs to my computer i shut everything off I go upstairs to my computer i sit and i write this letter out just typing and typing and typing about from the childbirth from child you know, from childhood mm-hmm. to current day of everything i experienced why i felt the way i felt you know how i felt about them as parents and how i felt about myself and mm-hmm. how i felt about my siblings and it's just Mm. I just poured it all out until I felt it. Yeah. And um, I wrote it. I put it in the envelope. I slid it under the door. At the time I was with my parents, I slid it under the door. I texted my mom because I was like, she'd probably see it first. My dad. And I said, hey, I put a letter. No, I left it on my. I left it on my desk. I said, hey, there's a letter on my desk. I would love for you and dad to read it when y'all get a chance, and we can talk about it later. Uh, so they read. She got the letter. She read it. She texted me, let me know how much that she loves me, how much she cared about me, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much kind of it from there. But it's just just trying to really just feel. How, how I should feel, understand how I should feel. And when I got home, it was kind of just left at that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, that's that's my story. So now it's just me helping other individuals kind of get through the same thing that mm-hmm. I've gone through. So I share my story with no hesitation. I share my story with, you know, with boldness and, and courage because there's somebody out there who needs to hear this story. There's somebody out there too who needs to know that what they've gone through they're not alone and I want to help. I really want to help a lot of men who are living a lifestyle that they just kind of maybe confused and living or a little lifestyle of secrecy that no one really knows about. And right. even, even women who live a life of secrecy because they live in this thing, this world of shame. Mm-hmm. They feel shame and guilty for what they're going through. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, there's help out here. There's so much, you know, there's help out here that who can help you through the situation. I want to yeah. be the one to help them. So like, I want to go back just a little bit on a, a couple yeah, of spaces sure. mm-hmm. that talking to your parents the initial time about the molestation, mm-hmm. somebody may have to have that conversation out there that they haven't had with their parents yet. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you were feeling before that conversation, like the, the the nervousness or the anxiety that you felt, and then how you finally jumped over and got over that hump. Yeah, so um, 
super nervous to tell my parents. I didn't know how the conversation was. I didn't know if it was going left, right. I, I didn't even I didn't know if they would believe me if I told them. And right. that's the one of the reasons why I held it for so long because I'm like, if I tell them, they're not going to believe me. What's the point of telling anybody? No one's going to believe me. Right. So that was the feeling I kept from, kept from 12 to 20 years old was no one's going to believe me if I tell them. So when I told them and I, when I got the response that I got, it was just, it was, I don't really, let me think back to that feeling. It was just an empty feeling. Yeah, for sure. Like you like say something like that that yeah. support that it's kinda like that agape love that you felt from your mm-hmm. friends. Like you mm-hmm. would I, I guess I mean I, I, I would expect that from the parents. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and when you didn't get that, that must have been like, well, well shit. Like, you know, where is this reaction of some sort? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was just my dad, he took me in private into the home, his room and he talked to me. And then that was when the support kicked in. Yeah, but that you know it was, that's when the support kicked in afterwards, and it was it was just left at that you know let me know how much he loved me, how much you know he understood, he understood the tattoo I first got. Mm-hmm. When I first got this tattoo, my dad was like furious that I got it, but mm-hmm. and he was like you know he told me when I turned eighteen, you do whatever you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I looked, I took that literally. Yeah, and uh, I got it, but I was it was just a it was a form of self expression for me. You know, mm-hmm. kind of just maybe this would be a way of me telling you know well if God well, what do you like. Maybe they could have asked the question, why do you feel guys so engaged? And I felt maybe that would have allowed for me to inch into this conversation of, well, this is what happened to me. This is why I feel this way. Right. Yo. And like, you know, with you feeling that way and with you finally able to let it out, Mm -hmm. there there also came that time before you went to the the therapist as well. Now, like Mm -hmm. I've had multiple people say, you know, multiple people with anxiety say that before they would come to meet me so I can help them get rid of that anxiety, that they were willing to like, like, cancel the whole appointment like i don't want to do this this like this like i don't want to address this stuff but like you were ready for it like kind of describe that feeling because it sounds kind of seemed like you were a little bit nervous about meeting with her as well yeah so i'm i would say the reason why i'm ready for is because in every release there's a blessing that comes behind it. Yeah. And I realized every time I release something that, that I've been holding on to, yeah. something greater always comes right behind it. Mm-hmm. When I first released it, you know, to my ex-girlfriend, something greater came behind it was me being able to just tell my parents. Yeah. Like, regardless of what, how I felt after, there was like, there was just, everything is just leading to this destination that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So when I opened my mouth up about, you know, when I went to the therapist and opened up, it was something greater on the other side, which was led to, you know, the business that I formed from that. Mm-hmm. You know, then when I, when I just, when I tell my friends and I tell individuals who I'm, I get involved with about my life, there's yeah. always something greater that comes after that. And the greater is somebody hearing my message or hearing my story mm-hmm. and saying, wow, man, like, because of you, I've I'm in therapy. I've had, I've gotten messages like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of you, I'm in I'm in therapy. Because of your story, man, I was able to tell about my molestation. Because yeah. of you know your story, I'm able to you know speak a little bit more about what's going on with me. Because mm-hmm. of your story, man, I was able to help my boyfriend. I was able to help my help my girlfriend. Like my story that I've been sharing as of recently has been helping so many people. And I'm realizing that though I, what I went through, I don't take away from what I went through at all. I don't negate it. I don't belittle it or nothing like that because what happened to me, it was a serious thing. For sure. But what I'm understanding as I get older and wiser is that what I've gone through was definitely something that built me into a stronger individual. It built me my resilience. It built my resistance. It built me into being a, you know, being a better person because I found this thing called love and I found this thing called self-love for myself. And Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful thing and it's such an amazing thing to feel to where I can like really explore myself and who I am as an individual. I can yeah. look at the core of Jovan and say, yo, your core was jacked up once upon a time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once we, I peel back the layers and I've replanted myself and I've rebloomed myself as a new human being. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yo, like you're, a, you're, you're, a, you're a handsome guy. You're a lovable guy. You know, you can have everything that you desire and right now i'm going through another re-blooming i would say as in just re-getting to know myself as i'm in this new space because i'm an mm-hmm. entrepreneur now mm-hmm. um it'll be a year coming up in may and i'm also building this coaching program and i'm mm-hmm. you know remo- i've been removing the limiting beliefs that i've had about myself and where yeah. i can go in life yeah what i can the opportunities i can have and it's just every every new, there's always going to be a new phase of life where you're going to have to replant yourself mm-hmm. it's always a new phase of life where you're going to have to reposition yourself mm-hmm. and that's what i'm realizing in life is that i have to reposition myself and replant myself every time and then as i'm replanting myself i have to allow for the water to happen 
Amen. I allow for the watering to happen for, to me. That, what does that watering part look like? So it's taking the feedback from others because mm. I've always been so closed off from individuals because of what happens. Right. I don't let too many people in. Mm-hmm. So it's also allowing for people to come in and shower me with what they have and to mm-hmm. pretty much pour, pour into me. Yeah. And say, you know, I see sometimes you can be a little timid or I see sometimes you can be a little unsure of yourself. Yeah. You know, here's some things that you can do and I'm very, now I'm receptive to all of that. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's the, that's the, um, watering of what's happening to me now is the recept- how I'm so receptive to what's coming to me. I take constructive criticism very well now versus beforehand. I would be so defensive when somebody gave me constructive criticism. Yeah, criticism. yeah. So it's just, you know, there's this new phase of me that I'm I'm exploring now of who I am and, you know, becoming more bold and becoming more actionable and becoming more, you know, just feeling good about where I am in life. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, dog. Thank you, thank you. There, when you, uh, when that therapist told you that there, that you weren't the only person that this has happened to, how did that consciousness shift feel? Um, for a minute, I just didn't believe her. Because oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I was, I sat there for a minute and still not believing her because I'm like, no one's talking about Right, it. where they at? Where they at? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who, who else like, you know, yeah. it happened to? And I think what happened was, you know how you say you want something and you yeah. start see, like, you know, you say, oh, I want a new car. Mm-hmm. Or and then you, you finally get the car and you start you're driving around and all of a sudden you start seeing the car yeah. everywhere. Like yeah. you thought you were the only person with that car. So once I started opening up and telling people about what I happened, it's like yeah. all these different stories of like sometimes some celebrities or other individuals. When I opened, mm-hmm. when I told my story, I realized what happened. I realized that I wasn't the only one because she shared a personal experience about her mm-hmm. with me in that in that moment. You know, she shared her experience of you know molestation and sexual abuse and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh wow, okay. It really is not the only person. I'm not really not the only one. And and there were people in college that, I, you know, once I started opening up about what happened to me, because I used to write, I wrote a blog, I used to blog every day after college. Um, cool. Every day I was just blogging, just writing how I felt. And it was like a, a motivational experience that I sent out. A lot of my friends, they subscribed to it. I sent out, it was called God's Working It Out at gmail.com. You can sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And I would just type every day. It was like, you get off a paragraph, two paragraphs, whatever I felt spewing out for the day. Yeah. I typed it, I sent it out, and I wrote about my molestation, and so many friends reached out to me, oh my gosh, you know, like, <sighs> I experienced that too. It was like, I had my own, before the Me Too movement, movement I had my own Me Too movement yeah. going on with people, and yeah. at the time, I wasn't experienced to, like, you know, help people with it, because I didn't know, I don't know, I was just saying, hey, right, I don't know, right now, I'm just, at the time, I wasn't even seeing a therapist, I was just, like, re- replying back, I'm so sorry this happened to you, you know, yeah. we can get back through this, to get, we can get through this together, mm-hmm. but um, that was all I had to offer, that was it and um it's just sharing your story is an amazing thing very much so so like how did that how did that feel that the building that muscle because at first it was privately with um the therapist and then it came mm-hmm. to like the the five person tech and then with your friend and now all of a sudden you're writing blogs about it bro like you're getting stronger and yeah. stronger as the story goes <laughs> on bro like now you're yeah. in front of, like now you it, like you're on the drop your package podcast you know telling yeah. it to, <laughs> to a lot of people around there like so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how did this, how did this pro- uh, progress, uh, like, um, go? So it, it was for me, it was just, it allowed me to say, yo, just keep telling your stories. Yeah. No matter how much you shake, no matter how much, you know, you know, it's like you lift like a new set or a new rep for the first time and you're shaking. Yeah. And that's how it was for me. I gotta, I gotta keep getting the reps in until the shaking goes away and then I can go to the next, you know, set of weights I need to go to. Yeah. And with every new level, it just came more weights on me, but it also was a release on me because I finally got to the position of where I built the rep to where I, I could tell the story. Mm-hmm. And I tell you it shamelessly in a sense, so, you know, there's there's still like at times, you're gonna, to be honest, there's still times in the back of my head that shame kicks in, like mm-hmm. you shouldn't tell somebody, you shouldn't yeah. tell this party, like, you know, especially when I'm, when it comes to the dating space, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, it's still a little hard for me to tell women about not about the molestation part, but about the homosexual part. Mm-hmm. Because one, I, I live in Atlanta, um, and it has already has its own stigma. Right, its own um, connotation. Two, it's like, yeah, two, it's like, you know, will they really want to be with you afterwards? And I've realized since I've been dating, like, you know, when I share this story, that women just, they are sorrowful towards for me. Yeah. And, you know, I explained to them, you know, it's life I lived before, but it's not a life that I'm living right now. And yeah. I've had successful relationships before, and the past where you know after after that life and things have just gotten better to where mm-hmm. one lady right out there that she had the most beautiful response to this um to 
my, me telling this story, she said, you know, that's your truth. You're living in it. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. And I, you know, I encourage you to continue on, you know, and it's yeah. just like hearing beautiful responses like that. It's just like you can you can live a life after this, like the life that you want to live yeah. after that. So in building that muscle, it's just, you know, just openly sharing these things with people. And like I said, if there's a guy out there who, who's maybe gone through the same exact thing that I've gone through and you're mm-hmm. scared to tell it a significant other you're scared to go out and date start building that muscle within your community mm-hmm. you know start having these conversations with other individuals close friends like to have a best friend where we role play you know yo I, you know like, hey i got this friend i'm really interested in you know we got a role play real quick you know that's what we were doing mm-hmm. in the past because i just still need to build that muscle up to have the courage to tell and now it's like i can do it on my own it's yeah, like you yeah. know how you ride on a bike how a kid's riding a bike for the first time they need mommy and daddy to help them out yeah, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, I got this, I yeah. got this. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's my life. It's like I'm realizing, yo, Jovan, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Don't be worried. Don't, like, you, you may fall, you may bruise a knee or an elbow or something like that, but hey, you can get it back up and try it again. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, beautiful thing, man. Real, recognize, real, and respect it, Absolutely. right? So yes, like sir. those real ones that you go out with, and and like you tell them your story and tell them like what you used, how you used to be, mm-hmm. and you know the transition that you had. They like some people can be inspired by it some people can also respect like the the transparency that you're showing like that's mm-hmm. the thing about any partner that you're you're trying to get like or, or that you're with i should say that is that when you're with a partner and you're transparent about who you are that like think of the trust that you can have yeah. from the honesty that a person like that you mm-hmm. share with an, another person like wow yeah. that's that's inspiring as heck you're like okay are you trusting me with your secrets then i think i can go ahead and do the same as well absolutely ah, that's beautiful so like now like how does it feel to have okay so you got this, like so it inspired you so much that you got an education though so you you yeah. dedicated your life your life <laughs> to like being becoming yeah. this superhero not just like yeah. just to get the social worker but now you have the aspirations of becoming a, a licensed therapist as well so you're in this for the long haul we're about to be oh, you're about haul. to be dr palmer you feel me I don't know about a doctor. <laughs> Let's slow down there. My best friend, she's trying to get me to become a doctor. And yeah. I always said, well, when I was a kid, I'm going to be a doctor one day. But I don't know if I want to fulfill that dream or not. <laughs> but so how does it, so like, um, were you already in school to become a social worker? No. So mm. I was in, my undergraduate degree is in sport management. And yeah, the the way I, it's just crazy how life happens, how you Mm -hmm. get into situations. So when I got into the social work space from being fired from corporate America, Mm. so I was on vacation visiting my grandparents and got a call from the the guy who recruited me for the job. I was at Mm -hmm. a temp agency at the time. And he was saying, when he called me, you know how you can just kind of sense like something's not right. You called me on vacation like that. So I'm like, something can't be right. Right. And I go outside and I have a conversation with him and um, he was like, yeah, the company wants to let you go for X reason. And for some reason, I wasn't 100% bothered by it. You know, I just really wasn't 100% bothered by it. I was like, yeah. you know, you're on vacation. Don't let it bother me. Mm-hmm. And I went and told my grandfather about it. He was like, I don't, don't worry about it, son. You know, something, God got something greater for you anyway. And I said, okay. And when he said that, I'm like, all right, I, I trust you. My grandfather, that's like my guy. Like, yeah. my guy. Yeah. So anything he says, he tells me. I'm like, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. So, you know, it's just, he can do no wrong in my eyes. Regardless. Yeah. No wrong. <laughs> so I got back to Atlanta and I said, all right, God, I want to do what I'm perp- I want to do something purposeful this time yeah. around. So I went to apply for a bunch of nonprofit jobs, got rejection after rejection because I didn't have the experience. The only experience I had was just mentoring kids in college. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't enough. And then um a guy of my a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, well, he's a friend of mine to the right now, but mm-hmm. a guy um he took a chance on me at a nonprofit working in a boys' group home. Mm-hmm. And that was when that was my foot in the door and I yeah. just I just killed it. I got in there. I learned everything I need to learn. I I got promoted to a house supervisor, mentoring mm-hmm. supervisor, mm-hmm. and actually went to work for the state of Georgia for a while. And then I just couldn't do it. Work. I got burnt out. Yeah, you know, I got burnt out on that that social work side of it. But the group mm-hmm. home side, it was just, as long as I just left the group home side because they had closed the group home down. I, if if that group home was still, I probably still be this. That's how much I love. <laughs> I love awesome. just being in that space. Yeah, you know, I love yeah. being in that space. That was like my, it was just things that have to happen for a reason to mm. kind of help you heal yeah. in the way that you need to heal. So had I not been fired from that job, I don't know if, I don't know what my life would look like right now had I not been fired. 
Real talk. You, know, like, you, know, you got to take the good with the bad. And the good that came with that bad was me being put in position to be in purpose. God working the most mysterious way. Absolutely. Yo, because it's like, man, we wouldn't be here right now. I mean, hopefully you For sure. Here. I mean, I don't know. I could I we could interview know. somebody from the boys home. You know what I mean? You might have read a dope <laughs> book or something by now. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know. <laughs> so, like, as a social worker now, do you have a private practice or do you work with a company now? Like, what are you doing with your your uh, so right now, um, well, I'm still in school right now, and I finished in September. So I work with a private practice. Congratulations, um, man! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's I awesome. Cannot, cannot wait. <laughs> uh, think of that bash. Yeah, so, That's gonna be awesome. Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's, it's, but yeah, I'm working on. Um, so I'm working in private practice right now as mm-hmm. a supervisional therapist. So right now, I do. I can give therapy under her own um, my uh, director supervision only. So mm-hmm. I can't go out and go see other clients from other places. It has to be under her own um, business. Like all the building has to go to her business. So I'm, I'm fine with that. And um, I also have a coaching practice that I'm in the um, process of building right now. So launching a coaching program for individuals who are looking to overcome these sexual traumas in the um, next couple of months. Yeah. So um, those are the things I'm doing now. And then once, of course, I graduate, I complete my 3,000 hours I have to complete. I will be a fully licensed therapist within uh, about a year. Right. Right. Your life is going to look a lot different in a year now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yo, for sure. Yo, like, I mean, I just, I, I, I know that, like, you being certified and everything is going to take off with your career for that, but also with your coaching business, I know that you have some all-stars in your corner as oh, well yeah, yeah. so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely but the business side is going to be fantastic do you look back now as you're as you're in that other as you're in the chair of the therapist that talked mm-hmm. to you how do you do you look mm-hmm. back and say like wow like man this has gone full circle to where now i'm being a blessing on a totally deeper level and somebody has reached out to me because they're ready that's a good question it's a really good question yeah, i don't think you. i even thought of that so huh. um but not if you mention it yeah i can definitely say yeah Yes, it's a great feeling to be in that seat and to have someone who's come to me with the same type of situation and say, I've had like I've had one client who came through the same exact situation once upon a time. And it's like, yo, like I've helped him get through it and really helped him understand who he was because right now he's married right now. He has kids and he's experienced the same thoughts I've experienced, the same feelings I experienced, the same depressive state of mind that I've experienced. And to help him from A to Z to where like he's boldly like, you know, sharing his story, he's boldly, you know, he's feeling better about himself. He's very protective of his kids because he just doesn't want that same thing to happen to him and to his kids. So it's just when you mentioned that, and I'm thinking about a lot. Like I did have a few clients who I've helped get, get through that that type of emotion. And um, the good thing is that my therapist, um, she always told me, keep on sharing, just keep sharing, just keep sharing. And then in the practice that I work in now, I've gotten a few clients where she was like, you know, I have the right. She's like, you know, I got the right person. She'll tell the client, I got the right person for you. They'll see her first. Yeah. And then they'll she'll call me and she had a clean client for me. She won't tell me why. Right. Like, right. Oh, okay. They're coming to me and I'm like, they're, they're talking, but they're not telling me exactly what's going on. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on. Right. And I'm listening, I'm listening. And then um, I like sharing, you know, I like, you know, giving people personal experience. So I tell them exactly, you know, well, I've been, I, I, I completely get you. I understand it. There's a gone through. And then that's what gets them to finally open up. Yeah. as to what's going on for them. That's, that's why I talk to you. You got to share your story because somebody's waiting on you so they can be able to open up. Real talk, real talk. I mean, like we're all in this together and like mm-hmm. there was a, a lady that came onto the podcast and said that we are in a world where we don't we all want to fit in but we're mm-hmm. made not to fit in so there's Absolutely. no way that we can't fit in and there's no way that we mm-hmm. can't fit in <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah for sure yeah. so you know to get help for you to be able to help that person you're you're that mm-hmm. person bro you're that that consciousness like mm. you're that consciousness that the therapist had told you about initially you know how you yeah, were yeah, you, yeah. you there was a disbelief belief that you had somebody mm-hmm. can't listen to your story and say like that's bullshit because mm. you're right there staring them in the face saying, i've already been through this yep. yo mm-hmm. that's powerful bro. yeah yeah yo so like right, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah my gears going now <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's deep man that's why you have me over yeah, here like yeah. almost in tears because it's like that the the um, the the magnitude of the blessing that you are because of you st- sharing your story but also the great amount of compassion and empathy that somebody can that you can have with someone 
and that someone can have with themselves, that acceptance that somebody can have with themselves because of talking to you and you guiding them through this experience. Yo, yeah. that is ineffable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. you put it that way. Yo, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Have you forgiven the guy or the person? I don't know if it's going to go. You've forgiven that person that molested you? Um, so there's a story behind that too. So when I was a kid, I was, of course, I was raised in the church as a kid. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard it, throughout the story. But um, I was, forgiveness is always pushed on us in the church. Like, you mm-hmm. got to forgive the person. You got to forgive so-and-so for this. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, my Christian beliefs, I believe at the time, forced me to forgive somebody I wasn't ready to forgive. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a letter to to the guy and was like, yeah, this would happen. This would happen afterwards. This is how I felt. And I forgive you for this. But I don't know if it was a sincere forgiveness right. because I still felt pain inside. I still mm-hmm. felt hurt. I still had anger towards him because mm-hmm. of like, oh, like, why did you have to do this to me? Right. You couldn't just go do something in the corner, go play yourself in the corner, or go play in traffic, or just do something besides do this to me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know, like, truthfully, so I don't know if at that moment, if it was true forgiveness, but as I've gotten older mm-hmm. and a lot wiser and understanding that, you know what, Jovan, you got to do some forgiveness to yourself first. So I had to really forgive me first for, one, being so angry at myself, two, for being so gullible to believe that I had to forgive first, you mm. know, that I had to be the one to be the, the bigger person in the picture because a lot of times people, it's always, you just need to be the bigger person. You just go apologize first. I'm like, you know, no, I don't need to. Like, mm. I, if I don't feel like I don't need to do something, I'm not going to do it anymore, you know, because as a kid, I was a gullible kid and that's what that's what got me into the prediction that I got me because my yeah. kid being so gullible and like, you know, well, this is what this person says, like I must do it. And it's just over time, I walked around with a lot of unforgiveness in my heart towards that yeah. individual because it's just, I was still trying to process it. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to process the fact of you did this to me. I'm still trying to process the fact of I'm, why am I questioning myself so much? I'm still trying to process the fact of, oh, how do I live life after this, you know, right. with this stain that I, you know, I felt I lived with my life. Yeah. And now that I'm a lot older now, a lot wiser, and I've gone through therapy, I can say, yes, I have forgiven the person. Mm-hmm. But there's still times where that anger kicks in. There's yeah. still times where I question it. Well, did you really forgive the person? Mm-hmm. I haven't really truly forgiven the person. So yeah. I, that's just where I am now. Just I'm in awful honesty and transparency. It's just, it's like, I don't know. Truth be told. Yeah. You know, I really don't know if I forgive the person because even after that, after that, there were still just other like dramas going on behind it where, you know, we just don't see eye to eye. Um, we don't just can't be in the same room with each other. I still have a lot of anger sometimes towards that person. Yeah. Just, this is the honest me. The transparent me because I'm telling people right now, you're not going to always feel peachy crazy about everything. You're not going to feel all bubbly about everything. Yeah. Even after you feel like you've gone, gotten through something, there's still more of it to unpack. There's still more of it to kind of just release. And I know if I was to see the person, there wouldn't be any like hostility or anything like that. Right. But, you know, it's just, I just don't want to say, you know what, I'm not the guy right now to be in that same space with you right now because I'm still, like, you know, unpacking this. I'm only 34. It's only been four years of unpacking a whole childhood life that I'm Real still tall. unpacking. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I tell people, like, every therapist has a therapist. You know, it's just, we're not perfect beings. You know, we're not individuals where our life is all good because we have, we feel like we got all the answers. We don't. We still hurt. We still go through the traumas we have gone through. Like, a lot of therapists nowadays, they typically had gone through something. Like yeah. a, lot, a lot of therapists that I've gone, I've reached out to where I, that I've met, yeah. there was something in their lives that's pretty much pushed them into the therapy where they want. Nobody really wakes up and says, I want to be a therapist when I grow up. I've never heard in my life that any kid say, I want to be a therapist when I grow up. <laughs> nah, nah. Nobody. And I feel like there's something inside of us that pushes us to our destiny and what we're called to be. Yeah. And there's traumatic events in life that kind of help us get there. 100%. And um, that forgiveness thing, it's it's a big thing. It's a very big thing. And it's mm-hmm. it takes a lot to get to a hundred percent forgiveness. You know, I think right now I may be at eighty percent right now. You know, so I'm getting to the hundred percent as I grow older and as I continue to be more impacted, as I continue to work through this this, you know, these conversations with my therapist. Yeah, real talk, bro. Thank you so much for your honesty and transparency throughout the whole you, bro. podcast, bro. Like I it, from yeah, the bottom sure. of my heart, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Now, 
like on the drop your baggage podcast we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope <laughs> and show you a technique that can help you cope and that technique is the mental and emotional release process uh it's a simple guided meditation NL nlp process mm -hmm. uh i uh by the way i am not a social worker <laughs> or a psychologist <laughs> or a therapist or a counselor i am an alternative to all of those amazing professions just help and not just help and i help with uh people's mindsets and consciousness as well now for the people at home one second please for the people at home uh please if you are ready to release anything that is on your mind that you've been holding on for any time you can go ahead and uh, uh reach out to me at charleswolfwork.com uh and there is in fact a um, form on the front page. You can go ahead and schedule an appointment with me. You can go ahead and start releasing baggage today, just like the people here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast. Now, you talked a bit earlier about some of the, the shame that you had, and today we're here to release some shame. Now, can Absolutely. you go ahead and share what you're comfortable about with the, uh, with the your experience for shame? Yeah, so it's really, uh, for me, I, I guess it stems back to growing up with my parents, mm -hmm. you know, feeling shameful, like, you know, just the response that they were giving me to certain things. You know how mm -hmm. people, when you tell your child, you say, oh, you should, you should be ashamed of yourself for this. You should be ashamed yeah. of yourself for that. Yeah. And so that has been embedded into my brain, into my life. And then when, you know, you hear conversations about a lifestyle, you know, the homosexual lifestyle and the mm -hmm. way people talk about it, how it's portrayed, mm -hmm. you then feel that shame, that shame kicked into that part of my life. You know, mm -hmm. that's where I'm, that's the, that's the hurdle me and my therapist are at right now, where the shame portion is sort of trying to get over that shame of people saying, oh, well, look, just looking at you different. But I've gotten to myself to a point now where it's like, you know what, you can look at you how you want to. Right. But this, like I said, there's always going to be something in the back of your head that's going to be there. That's where I'm at now, where there's, there's still a little piece of it that's still in the back of my head that's mm -hmm. like, you should be ashamed. But it's like, why should I be ashamed? Like, mm -hmm. this is my life. This is what I experienced. I'm fully transparent about it. You know, you ask me, like, I tell people I'm open book. You ask me any question that you want to ask me, mm -hmm. I'm going to answer it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to always, I'm going to always, you know, free and, you know, willfully always just share everything that I've experienced in life. But if you ask me, I'll tell it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's just been helping me get over my shame in a sense. How do you feel as though the shame is a hindrance upon your upcoming coaching business or you as a, a, a social worker becoming a therapist? Uh, I think that's a great question. I love that question. I think that that shame could hinder me because there's still a portion of me that hasn't been unlocked. Mm -hmm. I feel like there, there's, there's still maybe a portion of me that I maybe I'm still keeping closed behind closed doors, locked yeah. behind locked doors. How do you say that saying? Yeah. But I, that's where I'm feeling that that's where the hindrance may be is that mm -hmm. behind closed doors, there's still one piece of the skeleton that people just haven't pulled out. Mm -hmm. and I feel like there isn't because like I'm very transparent. If you ask yeah. me, I tell you, but maybe because I just probably I haven't willingly told that part of it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's something where um, I learned from my ex-wife, in fact, that the more that you heal yourself, the other, the, mm -hmm. the more you can help others heal themselves as well. For sure. So it's like all of those bits and pieces, whether it be, you know, your relationship with your parents or your relationship with God mm -hmm. or your relationship with partners or, you know, your relationship with self, any part yeah. that, that where you really haven't fully resolved that, there's a piece of mm -hmm. it. To where you can't help others uh to you can't help others heal themselves or help others the uh, optimally you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> and i believe like i, feel I, feel, I just think my shame really just comes with, every, with each and every new individual i meet mm -hmm. the older individuals like that, I, that I, who know me it's like i'm cool and comfortable with them but it's yeah. just when you introduce yourself to a new new person or you can introduce a new thing of, you know a new way of life it's like oh that's that thing that's in the back of my head Mm -hmm. It's like somebody that doesn't necessarily know you and may have some preconceived judgments because of that one thing that they're going to hear. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. That's spot mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Spot on. Thank you. Let's connect it to the to mind-body connection. When you think about that shame, where can you feel it in your body? My gut. Your gut. Yeah, like under or, or like over the top, the top of the bottle? Over, like right on top of the belly button. Yeah, yeah, like right. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and on an intensity of, of between one and ten, how what would you put it at? Let's say six. Perfect. That's what everybody says. Around six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, it's like the average. Right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Perfect. Okay. So with this guided meditation, uh, all you got to do are three things in order for this to be a profound experience. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Okay. 
Number two, you got to follow directions just like you follow a good recipe or Google Maps. Mm -hmm. And number three, you got to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high vibration. Awesome. And also, uh, it's quite important for you to make sure that you see from everybody's perspective in every event Mm -hmm. that we cover. So I'll I'll lead you through that as well. We're going to go ahead and create an imaginary timeline. Mm -hmm. Now, with this imaginary timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to Mm -hmm. know, where's your past? Behind me and to the left of me? Yes, of course you can. I feel like it's in between that that space. Okay. So <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like a 90 yeah. degree situation. Yeah. Cool, cool. Where's your future? My future is right ahead of me. Perfect. Like, actually, I feel like sometimes I feel like it's right dead in my face. Mm, mm. I don't know what that means, but as long as it's not behind you, then that's all that matters. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yes, all right, cool. So let's get into it. Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this shame today and for you to be aware of the content? Absolutely. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt shame between the ages of birth and seven? How old were you? So the differentiation between guilt and shame. Guilt mm-hmm. is I did something bad. Shame is I'm bad because I did something. So shame could be come from, you know, like I'm a bad person or I'm this, that, and the other. Or that time that you, you know, your parents said shame on you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to school when you were in third grade? Danforth. And you remember what house you lived in when you were third? I think I was on Parkside at the time. Think about that time. Take your time. Let the, the thought come to you. Think about in that house in the third grade with your brothers and sisters or your friends. You ever feel shame? There was a time. Mm-hmm. I, I walked in and my parents having intercourse. Mm-hmm. All right. And their response to it was like, don't come into our room if our doors are closed. But it was like in a, the tone, it was a tone in which it was expressed, like, you know, very like angrily tone. And that's, I feel like that's when the first time I might have experienced it. Yeah. Boom. All right. Good stuff. Glad that we could locate that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, always, yeah. <laughs> It's always a process. Cool. All right. So we can start with that one. So let's get it. With this being a guided meditation, you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your bag. Do it. All right. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. Just imagine seeing yourself from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall. See all of the, see the whiteboard behind you and the couch that you're sitting on, the computer in front of you, your colorful shirt and your beard. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. Okay. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float behind yourself into the left, into the path and flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the path above that first event in which you felt shame when you're a little kid and just hover above that event seeing that event like a fly on the wall let me know when you're there okay now just hover right there above the event stay right there don't move and just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event the learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly your unconscious mind can preserve the learning so that if you need them in the future they'll be there just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learning this is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Be sure to see the perspective from your point of view, but also from the point of view of others as well. Everyone in the event. And focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell yourself as a little boy and your mom and your dad and everyone else involved in the event? But the consciousness that you have today that would allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. So let me know when they're all gone. Awesome. Now, with you above the event, observing the event, and your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. And tell me, what did you learn from the event? Um, for some reason, the, the line, it's not that wasn't your fault, kept ringing to my head. That's right. In that life goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, peace will always reside within you. Mm-hmm. And love will always be there. Amen. Amen. Now, what is something positive and empowering you can take with you from the event into the future to make you a better person? You are better than what you've gone through. Mm, that's right. Anything else? And you don't have any reason to be ashamed of what you've gone through. That's right. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age and then float into space where space and the atmosphere connects let me know when you're there all right jovi now just imagine floating very very high above your timeline above each and every event in which you felt shame from birth until now in chronological order don't skip one event that has a charge on it 
preserve the learnings and let go of all the shame all the way back to now. This time around, you're going to see from other people's perspectives. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. So let me know when they're all gone. They're all gone. Awesome. Now, float down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Yeah, this is so dope. <laughs> I, I'm so serious, man. This is like so dope. I don't know what uh, what you're doing, but what are you doing? <laughs> it's working. <laughs> oh my gosh, you feel good, huh? I feel so amazing right now. Like I feel like how I feel after every week after therapy. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's dope. <laughs> this modality, I call it years of therapy, years of personal development, and having multiple breakthroughs within minutes. You you just you did a lot of work just now, homie. I feel so good right now. I just feel like I can go outside and go do some back pushing carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just feel like you know how you have that person that in your in your head that you wish you could just be twenty four seven. Yeah, I feel like that person right now. Like yes, like that's where I feel right now. <laughs> that's awesome, bro. Yes, yeah, like, it's even like I don't know. There's feel even like there's like a lot of emotions going on right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like a a good emotion. Like you know, like I feel like I finally really let it go. Mm. Like, you know, I feel like I've let a lot of stuff go, but for some reason, like this piece, like I said, that shame hurt. He's been like kind of like just hovering over me, and I mm-hmm. feel like I finally like let it go, and mm-hmm. I feel just so much better right now. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the consciousness that you had, or the retrospect that you had that helped you let things go? Now, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. Like literally, there's nothing that you should be ashamed of. There's nothing you want under the sun. This is your life. This is your body. This is your mind. Mm. This is your heart. This is your soul. Like, take ownership of it. This mm-hmm. is your life. Like, Jovan, like, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. You're a superhero, man. You're an overcomer. You're a mm-hmm. survivor. Like, you know, you just got to tell me that survivor, like, it felt like I was getting bigger in muscle and mm-hmm. ass. Not like, you know, just like you get saying, you know, it's reminded to me back to my cousin. She tells me all the time, you're a survivor, Jovan, you're a survivor. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of those conversations that she and I had because she, um, she was a victim of sexual assault as well. Mm-hmm. And we share our stories with each other and she just reminds you, like, you're survivor and it took me back to that moment but for some reason it just feels so much more believable and it feels so much more real mm-hmm. because you seeing it you're seeing yeah. it mm-hmm. you know it's like for me for me personally i as i'm pouring that energy into those moments mm-hmm. it's, it's taking the less it's taking the like you are look at look at what you've gone through and you're here and you're stronger than ever like yo mm-hmm. that's that's empowering as hell yeah yo yo that's that's so that's so crazy man like so let's go ahead and, and test it out i'm gonna I'll ask you a question do you smell biscuit no. okay <laughs> i i asked that to get your mind off the meditation change your state okay now i gotta ask you uh can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot i can see it but i don't feel it no yeah yeah it's like it's like you remember it's there yeah it's there but it's like i don't feel that emotion like it's just like oh. <laughs> yeah that's, that's like when you told me to go back i'm like i just looked at it and i was like all right yeah thanks and then what yeah yeah like let's let's move on yeah, yeah just, keep, just keep going yeah yeah awesome now let's do the other other way now i want you to imagine going out into the future to an unspecified time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past you would have felt shame but it's the future now so see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot mm. what would you do instead I keep talking for some reason when you were saying that, I, was, I saw myself on the stage sharing it yeah yeah i just like telling people like there's nothing to be ashamed of right right this came like right on time yeah yeah you're like as you're giving it to me, it's like, it's right there. It's yeah. like, you know how sometimes you got to think about things? Mm-hmm. As you're talking to me, it's the response is just sitting right there and ready to give, right, throw it right back at you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel so much, I feel good right now. Mm-hmm. I feel great. I feel mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. You are officially a, a baggage dropper. Ah, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I was so nervous for you, bro. I'm not going to lie because you had to switch the, you know, you had to, switch to the venue and go to another place and i didn't know if like it broke rapport nah. or like anything i'm like oh my gosh I was, <laughs> I was ready for this moment yes yes. i was ready for this moment and like i said it's a divine appointment and it's like i become i'm ready for everything that comes my way nowadays yeah. and that's where i've been putting myself in the mindset of you just be ready just mm-hmm. be ready and this moment for sure I've been waiting for my entire life. Seriously. Um, seriously, I've been waiting for this um moment my entire life because it's been uh it's been a rodeo. 
for real. And um, it's been hard to get over. It's been hard to deal with. And um, there's so much, like, these tears that's about to fall, like, they're tears of excitement and joy. And there's also tears of releasing um, that I haven't done in years. And my life is forever changed by this moment. And, um, it feels really good, man. I, I, I really appreciate you, man, for real. I thank you, Charles, for real. It's definitely, I really, I really thank you. It's, it's a pleasure, dog. This is like, thank you too for like showing up for your divine appointment i didn't know you know it, it, you i was so proud of you when you were answering the emails i'm like he's gonna show up he's gonna show up <laughs> <He's gonna show." laughs> hey bro for all you guys out there uh jada still i shout out to jada for helping him yeah, you know what i mean uh she gave me his email and he didn't answer like days i'm like oh well you know he's a busy man he might not answer he finally answered and then like we just corresponded like back and forth back and forth we finally showed up, man, and now we're here. So, bruh, you you did like no matter what, bruh, there were so many obstacles, but you if you were right here, you're you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. So, like, all right, all right. So a lot of people out there have not just experienced what you've experienced, bruh. Like, can you put into words like everything that's going on in your mind and and like just everything that just happened to you with this release? Um I feel like I have arrived. I feel like this moment was meant to be at this specific time, like on this day, at this moment, at, at this time, it was meant to be. And I had to prepare myself for this moment, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also like, I really can't, pre- I couldn't prepare myself for what we just experienced. Mm-hmm. But for this moment, I had to prepare myself and to really just stop being so afraid of going deeper and stop being afraid of what people may think about me and stop being afraid of just not being what I'm called to be you know mm-hmm. just I want to be that person mm-hmm. but at the same time I've always been that that shame is always still in the back of my head like what if you know yeah. what are you gonna say so now that that's gone this release is like I'm ready to take on the world for real. Oh man, that is that is so excellent, bro. I think I think my uh, my audio is okay, but my video stuck. But as long as you can yeah, hear me, hear you. you're good. Yeah, yes, okay. Sir, I can hear you. Obviously, that feeling in your stomach is gone. Yeah, totally gone. So, what's the biggest revelations? Uh, like, I, I mean, you've told us so many things, but what's that one thing that's going to keep you feeling this way? Um, just remembering this moment. Um, I think this is a moment I, I'm not going to forget. And even if anything creeps back up on me, I feel like this moment is going to show up like Superman and just defeat any type of shame that may try to creep, creep up on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'll never forget this day and moment. You know, just like just the joy I feel inside, the, just the releasing of it. And I feel like the releasing is still coming. Like there's still more to, I got to release in each breath that I take and through meditation is like mm. it's gonna push it out mm. right? it's just but i feel so great now um i'm like you're super emotional right now but uh <laughs> <laughs> outside of that this is a, this is just like this is where i need to be yeah this is where i need to be yeah oh and everybody out there excuse me uh for the background music uh you know he's in an event space so they they something else had to happen but we're still making it happen uh so like jovan Mm -hmm. i just bro like honestly where do you see yourself going now that this shame is gone far (laughs) (laughs) super far in life i see myself going like i said for some reason when you i just saw myself on the on the stage for some reason yeah i don't know why i saw myself there but i saw myself on the stage talking to I don't know who I was talking to. I couldn't see. It was dark where I was looking into. Yeah. But I just saw myself on a stage and I feel, I guess that's where I'm going. You know, going to stages now. Yeah. It's already been right. I to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man. Just congratulations again, dog. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. One, one more thing. Did you know that it, it could feel this way? Nope. Yeah. You know what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Like just to, just to like have it. Oh, the forgiveness piece. So mm-hmm. who did you, who did you forgive within that exercise? I forgave myself first mm-hmm. um, a lot of times I put everyone else's feelings um above me mm-hmm. and I had to forgive myself first for doing that mm-hmm. and I had to forgive myself for allowing shame to have rule over me mm. and defeat over me so I was like for some reason I just kept putting myself first and then I forgave my parents and I was seeing some uh other individuals I was trying to pull the, the face together but I just couldn't pull the face together but it was like it was just like a lot of around the forgiveness going around because like you know I haven't been my best self towards um my parents or I haven't been my best self towards um a lot of people because of the experience 
that I've had an experience in life as of like, you know, previously and as of recently. So um, there's a lot of forgiveness that had to happen for sure. Describe the, the self-love that you have. Oh, true, man. Like that right there, that love itself is I love myself so much deeper. I love myself so much stronger. Um, and it's just, there's nothing that can stop me at this moment from loving myself even deeper. Hey man, yo, uh, just, um, bruh, with everything, man, thank you so much again for showing up for your divine appointment. <laughs> and um, and uh, please give the people one more uh, word of advice before we go ahead and tie this up in a bow. Absolutely. Uh, if you're if you were like me, who's been holding on to shame for 34 years and you just can't let it go, I one encourage you to get on Charles' calendar to get on his calendar and go through this, <laughs> go through this experience and let these emotions go because there's nothing to be ashamed of in life. Uh, we've all you're not the only person going through what you've gone through. You're not you're not the only person. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. It's an unfortunate thing that things life hasn't happened the way it does, and like occurrences happen in the way that they do. But you're a survivor. You're a warrior. You're a prince. You're a queen. You're a king. Whichever one you, whichever role you see yourself in, own it. Mm-hmm. Own your, you know, your flaws. Own the things that you don't like about yourself. Own the way that you don't love yourself, and find a way to love yourself, and find a way to release the, the hurt, the, the guilt, the shame, the defeat. And once you do that, I promise you, like this light feeling that I feel right now. Like I said, I'm a 299 pound guy. And I feel like I'm a feather right now. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, so it's like you can feel this too, but you got to take the first step and don't be afraid to take that first step. Hey man, thank you so much, bro. Right, thank you thank so you. much. And and I'm gonna talk to the audience. Thank you guys so much for your attention and your support. I love you guys so much with all my heart. If you are listening to this podcast, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And also, if you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Oh, Javon, where can we? Yes. Hey, you got hey your your podcast. Everything's always popping. <laughs> let's let's hear where we can like you know see you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can definitely see me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at. Is Jovan J Palmer. So for those who are listening, it's J O E V A N P J P A L M E R. Um, that's where I'm at. Pretty much, you find me on all social media platforms. But if you want to see me most active and giving out motivation, inspiration, Instagram is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Also, you can find me on YouTube, Living Blessed Podcast with Jovan J Palmer, where we share transparent and vulnerable moments that we've all experienced in life. So if you want to, I'm on episode 25. So go back to episode number one, where I share my life story. So I started off with me first. I feel like, you know, you can't dig into somebody else's life without digging into theirs first. And then from there, I just been finding other individuals or other individuals been finding me saying, hey, I'm ready to share my story. Wow. I'm willing to use my platform to allow people to release their guilt, their shame, their defeat, and to help somebody else. Amen. Amen, yo. Hey, go check him out, yo. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or they can also text me too. So you can text me at 404-476-6780. And um, I send out daily text messages of healing and affirmations as well. This guy's freaking phenomenal, man. Golly. <laughs> I need to get on my grind, yo. <laughs> Stuff, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, y'all. Hey, and right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am Charles, just the self talk engineer. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace. Peace.